Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. Hey, welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. You're listening to chapter 15. Today, we're going to talk about five ways to prioritize and protect your writing time. I think almost everyone, whether you're a writer or not, can probably relate to the feeling of overwhelm, stress, too much on their to-do list, wanting to simplify their busy schedule. And it can be really hard to prioritize those super important tasks when you have all of these little things that you have to get done in your day-to-day life. The huge daunting task of writing a book, for example, is one of those dream long-term goals that a lot of people have but never make the time to do because they allow everything else in their life to take precedent. The process of writing a book requires a lot of research, a lot of time alone in isolation, shutting yourself away from the rest of the world, and a lot of people can feel like it's frivolous, it's a self-indulgent activity to sit there and create a new world from nothing. I don't have any kids, but I know that especially a lot of mothers and fathers who have young kids find it especially difficult to prioritize writing in their life when they feel themselves pulled in so many different directions. And I think everyone feels pulled in so many different directions, whether you're a parent or not. There's always other things grabbing at our attention that feel more important or society has deemed them more important than sitting down to write the book that you want to write. But there's only one person who can write that book and it's you. So if you're not the one carving out that time, prioritizing and fiercely guarding and protecting your writing time, then there's no way you'll ever see your manuscript get from conception, from your amazing idea to completion. There's also that saying that if people only wrote when they were inspired or had moments and bursts of creativity, that the shelves in our bookstores and in our libraries would be mostly empty because all of those books have been written by people who created a discipline, a daily practice, whether they were inspired or not, sat down at that desk and found a way to prioritize and protect that writing time to get it done. I know that for me, I found this especially difficult. To be honest, it took me years before I truly treated writing less like a hobby and more like my career. This is my goal. So if I keep putting it at the bottom of my to-do list and letting other things and other people dictate my time, then I was never going to accomplish what I truly wanted to accomplish, which was write my book. Of course, it's easier said than done. There are always little things that crop up that you have to do during a day, but I'm going to talk about the five things that I found super helpful to focus on the things that I really wanted to do rather than those that I felt obligated to do. 
I try to be mindful of implementing these five things daily. So I hope that one or maybe all five of them will be helpful for you to prioritize and protect your precious writing time. I had wait with words for a while. The first step is to practice saying no nicely. I don't know why saying no is 10 times harder than saying yes, but I think it's ingrained in us humans because we are huge people pleasers and we have this need to feel liked. Or maybe that's just me who finds it difficult. If you're out there and you are a wizard at saying no, then I applaud you because I find this one super difficult. And then on top of that, if I ever do say no, I find that I waste time feeling guilty. So I might as well have just said yes. But saying no nicely has been one of the most crucial things that I've had to implement in order to truly focus and get quality writing completed. There's that old cliched saying, when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. There's an opportunity cost associated with everything that we do. There are 24 hours in a day, but when seven or eight of them are spent sleeping, that kind of leaves you with 16 hours left to fill. A lot of those require chores, eating, travel time, and other work. Those must-do tasks in order to live and function. So you have to prioritize those spare pockets of time that people usually spend scrolling through social media, watching Netflix, going out to meet their friend for a drink, and instead prioritize writing, even if it's just one hour a day. People find it easy to say no when they're at work during the day. If you say, hey, can you meet me for a coffee? And they say, no, I have a meeting or... No, I'm on a conference call. No, I'm at the office. Nobody bats an eye. So you really have to think of writing as your job. If somebody asks you for a coffee or to go for lunch during the day, but you're on a roll, you're in flow, you're writing, don't feel guilty about saying no. Even the travel time to the lunch and back can jolt you out of that world you're trying to create. And it's a lot harder to regain your focus. So you're actually losing a lot of time in between. When I was writing my manuscript from home, I used to feel really guilty when I would say no to after work drinks or meeting friends for coffee or lunch midday because it fit well into their work schedules, which I totally understand. They would have a nine to five job, they had a spare lunch hour, or they were busy after 5 p.m. But the thing that I had to remind myself is that I am still working and I'm on a different schedule than them. While I was writing the book, my brain didn't shut off from 9 to 5. I actually was super productive after 5 p.m. and oftentimes would have to write right through lunchtime because I was on a roll. And I knew that breaking to go meet them for lunch would really hinder the progress that I was making. So I had to practice saying no nicely to my friends and family. And while not all of them understood at first, a lot of them were like, huh, you have all day and all night to write. Why can't you meet me for lunch? I had to stop explaining myself of why it jolted me out of that word world and just be confident in the fact that this is my routine, this is my process, this is how I get things accomplished. And eventually people do respect you for saying no. They'd prefer that than a maybe or you do go to that lunch and you're not all there, you're not all present. I also had to remind myself and them that it's not personal, it's business. It truly was about 
protecting and guarding that writing time to make room for my big goals in life. And nobody else can do that for you. So saying no politely and nicely is one of the most important ways to simplify and prioritize writing in your life. The second thing that I have found extremely helpful is something called the Eisenhower Matrix. When you make a long to-do list and it's overflowing, it's really hard to prioritize what actually is important, what needs to get done today versus what is a nice to have done today. Before I discovered the Eisenhower Matrix, I would have my whole to-do list and I would feel productive because I was crossing off a lot of little tasks during the day. Laundry, grocery shopping, answered 100 emails that day, responded to all of my texts. But then I would be conflicted at the end of the day before I went to bed and I kind of glazed over my to-do list. I would say, okay, I crossed off pretty much everything that I wanted or thought I had to do today, but I'm still anxious. I don't feel accomplished. I didn't do the big things that I actually need to do in order to get this book done, for example. Those big overarching goals usually do get pushed to the end because they're so time-consuming in everybody's mind. You think, oh... I can't possibly sit down to write my book because that's going to take all day. So you fill your time with all these little tasks that make you feel productive. The problem with that is that those big, super important things that you want to do will never get done. So when I discovered the Eisenhower Matrix, it truly did change the way that I organize my days and I approach my to-do list items. It's a way to help you prioritize the super urgent and super important tasks to know what to do first. And it helps you break down those big goals into smaller steps. To create an Eisenhower matrix, you draw a big grid on a piece of paper with four quadrants. Along the top of the quadrants, in the first one, you label it urgent. And then the second one along the top, you label not urgent. Then down the side of the quadrants, so you're looking at the bottom left, label along that side not important. Above that, along the top left-hand quadrant, label it important. Then you take your master to-do list and break it down into as many little steps as possible and begin filling in each of those four quadrants. The first quadrant, top left, is your urgent and important items. These are things that have to get done right away and have a consequence if you don't get them done. That's why they're important. The second quadrant in the matrix on the top right-hand side is your not urgent but important items. These are the truly important tasks to you that you want to get done, but there's no time pressure associated to them. They're not urgent. They don't have to be done that day or even the next day, but you do eventually want to fit them into your life. They say that this is the most important quadrant because these are the super high value activities that you want to get done. But because there's no time crunch associated to it, a lot of people put them off or never get them done. But everything in that quadrant are things that you should make time for and prioritize into your life. The third quadrant on the bottom left-hand side are your urgent items that aren't necessarily important. These are things that are time-sensitive, they have to get done, but there's no crisis if they're missed for a day or two. Something you might put in here is if you have a wedding coming up and you have to get your dress dry cleaned before that wedding. So there's an urgency, there's a time associated to it, but it's not necessarily the most important thing on your list. Then the fourth quadrant is the bottom right hand side and these are things that are not urgent and not important. Think of this section as your nice-to-haves. After you've populated each of the quadrants, go back to the first one. This is your urgent important items, the top left. 
Do all of these tasks first. Don't look at anything else on your to-do list except what is in quadrant one. Everything in quadrant two, these are your not urgent but important tasks, schedule for later. Put a date associated with each of these items. Maybe something will take an entire day. Maybe something will take an entire week. Whatever it is, schedule that in your calendar and write it beside everything in that column. Without scheduling a time to do each item, there's a chance that you'll never actually get to it. Usually writing a book falls into this quadrant. So you'll want to take that and break it down into little tasks that you can schedule into your calendar. Even if that's just write the first chapter or write the first sentence. If you schedule it and break it down, that might end up in your first column on that particular day. For quadrant three, these are your urgent, not important items. You want to delegate as many of these as possible. If we go back to my example of you have a wedding coming up and you really need to get a dress dry clean, so it's time sensitive, but not necessarily the most important, try to delegate that. See if your roommate or your partner is able to drop it off at a dry cleaner's on the way to work for you. Whatever is listed in this column, ask yourself, is it something only I can do? Writing your book is something that only you can do, but laundry or grocery shopping is something that can be delegated or done by others. Comb through each item and try to delegate as many tasks as possible. Then the fourth quadrant, this is your not urgent and not important items, your nice-to-haves. You can eliminate these things. Cross them off your to-do list. And if it's something that you can't possibly bring yourself to cross off, maybe you want to move this up to the second quadrant because it seemingly is something that's important to you, but it's obviously not urgent. The goal is to simplify and prioritize though, so try not to move up too many items. And don't feel guilty about crossing things off your list either. If it truly is important, your brain won't let you forget about it and you can always come back to it later. My third tip is to use an egg timer to do timed tasks. You can also just use the timer on your cell phone, but I never like to have my electronics out while I'm trying to write, so I like to use a separate manual one that I set, and it goes off in a really loud noise that I physically have to turn off once that timer is done. Using my Eisenhower matrix, I will assign a time limit to each of the items that have to get done that day. It's important not to give too much time to each task because then it's way too easy to fall into the trap of procrastination and you won't get to the next item on your list. If you give yourself three hours to write an email, chances are you're going to fill that time and take the three hours to write that email. Whereas if you give yourself 15 minutes to draft that important email and send it off, you can get a lot more accomplished. On the flip side of that, you also don't want to assign too little time to tasks that might take a little longer. You're likely to feel frustrated with yourself if you go over the allotted time, and that can set you off on a tailspin for the rest of the day and make you feel unproductive when you actually are being quite productive. It takes practice to find out the sweet spot of how long each task will take you, so if you do go over time, don't be too hard on yourself. Just stop and go on to the next task, and you can always come back to that at the end of the day if you do have spare time. When I use an egg timer and clock out each of my tasks throughout the day, those are by far my most productive days. I'm not wasting time scrolling through social media because I know I'm on the clock. I know I have to get it done before I can move on to the next thing. It also allows you to see how much time you spend on each task. If at the end of the day you see, oh, that took me a lot longer than I realized, maybe it's an item you can re-look at, divide it into smaller tasks, and delegate some of those. 
The fourth habit that I've adopted is to treat my texts like emails. As a people pleaser, I did find this one really hard to implement at first, but now I can't imagine living without it. Before I treated my text messages like emails, I was reacting all day to texts. Even if it's a quick text that requires a quick answer, it can jolt you out of what you're doing and takes 10 times longer to get back into that activity that required your focus in the first place. It also means that you're reacting to other people's time schedules. They sent that text at a time that was appropriate for them. Maybe they had a quick break. But it's really hard to get into the kind of flow and intense focus that you need to write a book when you're constantly reacting to other people, reacting to messages versus being proactive in your own goals. While I'm writing on my laptop, I never have my email inbox open because those little dings of new emails would always distract me in the corner of my eye. I would try to respond to emails first thing in the morning and again, put my egg timer on, only give myself 30 minutes or an hour to get through everything, and then maybe again at the end of the day. My real productivity took off when I began implementing this with my text messages. In the morning, I try to allot myself 30 minutes or whatever it is to respond to text messages, and then I shut down my phone and put it away for the rest of the day. Maybe at night before I go to bed after I've had a productive writing day, I'll go back and try to respond to a few quickly, but I usually try to just do it once a day because even before bed, looking at the screen, I find that my mind starts racing and then I'm spending another two hours when I should be actually getting quality sleep, responding to messages or scrolling through Instagram, but not responding to texts or looking at them during the day has been so helpful in my productivity and accomplishing these high value activities that take time and high concentration to complete. I know that this strategy goes against the world we live in where we are expected to be in constant communication all the time. People do expect a quick response, whether it's an email or a text message, but it goes back to that feeling of being productive where you find yourself at the end of the day of work and you go, I've spent all day in my email inbox and responding to text messages. While both of them might be clear, you have to look at what did you actually accomplish for yourself on your own to-do list that you wanted to get done. There has to be a balance of reacting to other people's needs and also prioritizing your own. Plus, friends and family will get used to your style. Now they expect me not to respond for a couple days, which makes it a lot easier for them not to take it personally. They just know to expect that sort of response time from me. And the fifth way that I've been able to prioritize and fit writing into my life is by having a dedicated space. Having an inspiring and clean environment when I write ensures that when I do sit down for my daily practice, I have everything there to motivate me to keep going. I keep my desk pretty sparse with just a lamp and a little mug full of pens and a coaster for my mug of coffee. Above it on the wall, I might have some inspirational quotes or goals or mood board photos that allow me to kind of slip right back into that writing mode every time that I sit down. I've mentioned it before in an earlier podcast, but I always light a candle, which signals to my brain that it's time to write. For some reason, it calms me. This has just become one of the rituals that I do to ensure that I am prioritizing and protecting that precious writing time. I clear away all of my electronics so that there's no distractions. Sometimes I'll put on in the background really gently a Spotify playlist. I can't listen to anything with words, so I love classical music. There's one on Spotify, I think it's called This Is Mozart. And then there's another one on Spotify called Deep Focus. Occasionally I'll listen to jazz. 
And then whenever I was done writing for the day, I would always input my word count into an Excel tracker that I created. Keeping track of my productivity quantitatively really helped me to feel accomplished by the end of the day and motivated me to come back the following day to try to beat that goal. I also would give myself a star sticker on my big giant wall calendar so visually I could see that I had a good writing day. I think I'm just still a child at heart and still go by that kindergarten reward system of you get a gold star if you did a good task. There's something about putting a sticker onto a piece of paper that really is satisfying. I highly recommend you buying a pack of stickers and trying this out for yourself. To quickly summarize those five key ways that I prioritize and protect my writing time, it's to practice saying no nicely, create an Eisenhower matrix, use an egg timer or the timer on your phone to do timed tasks, treat your texts like emails, and create a dedicated environment and writing space that allows your creativity to flourish. That's it for today's chapter of the Word Weaver podcast. As always, you can find the show notes at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast. Follow along on Instagram at wordweaverpodcast. And if you like what you heard today, be sure to leave a review on iTunes as it helps more people find out about the Word Weaver podcast. Until next time. I can't wait with words for a while.